Now I want to ask you a, a technical wrestling question. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So, um, in a rear naked chokehold, nobody's naked. Why? <laughs> why is it called a rear naked chokehold? <laughs> that's that's technical stuff. Why want to get deep into the sport? The sport here. You know, I uh, I'm gonna tell you something here right now that I I'm very embarrassed about is I don't know. I don't know why they added naked. Why not just be a rear choke? <laughs> With authority. Aloha and welcome to a special quarantine stay-at-home edition of the With Authority podcast. We're social distancing. Casey Pratt, how far are you away from me right now? Mandated six feet. I think we've followed that rule. And we are Skyping our special guest, Daniel Cormier, MMA legend. Now, I want to start here. First of all, happy birthday. We're taping this on your birthday. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate you guys having me. No. I'm not doing much. You know, it's probably the uh, oddest birthday I've ever had. <laughs> so I want to go down your resume for some people who are not familiar. Actually, I could do two hours just on your life before <laughs> you even said a word. But look, we'll just start with, with some simple things here. You've been a champion in every promotion that you've ever worked in. UFC heavyweight champ, UFC light heavyweight champ, Strikeforce heavyweight champ, extreme MMA heavyweight champ, 2018 Fighter of the Year, ESPN TV commentator, uh, Gilroy uh, High wrestling coach. I mean, we go on and on and on. I'm not sure if, if people understand. We have been trying to book you for months and months and months, and it took a quarantine for us to finally get you. <laughs> I've been, uh, you know, it, it, it's difficult whenever you have a fight schedule, and then when I don't have the fights, I'm with the wrestling team, and also juggling my family stuff, you know, my wife and my, my son's football, my daughter's gymnastics, my son's wrestling, and then the team wrestling, it was just, yeah, it's just madness, man. It, I didn't realize how busy I am until now where I have to sit back and not do anything. Well, there was some other speculation about why this took so long. Um, and I, the word kind of filtered out to me that my boy Kung Lee might have told you this was the reason you didn't want to be in here and you waited and did this from your home in the South Bay. That you might have heard about sure that. that. I, had to, I had to make sure I wasn't within range of your deathly, your dangerous uh, striking technical skill. You know, your punches and kicks. I had to make sure I stayed a safe distance. And right now, I feel like the 80 miles that separates us is, is, is enough. I'm glad you finally admitted it because I was telling people in our newsroom, he don't want none. He doesn't want it. And that's why it took so long. And now at least we, we got, we know, uh, we know. I try to say that I'm a fairly smart guy and staying away from you seemed like the right thing to do. And I, I feel safe now. <laughs> don't worry. He actually injured himself in the process of that hyperbole that he just spit out. So don't even, don't even stress on that, man. <laughs> what are you doing right now to keep yourself in shape, man? I mean, like, you're a professional athlete. We are not. So... How critical is it to try to balance the work you need to do on yourself with what you have to do homeschooling-wise and just taking care of the family? This is crazy times. 
Well, that's what I'm doing right now. You know, I'm in, I'm in our office and it's become my kid's classroom. You know, we have a flag that we put up every morning for them to do the Pledge of Allegiance. We have the desk in the back for my son. We have the desk right here for my daughter. And uh, we're just trying to keep some normalcy, you know, like uh, try to make them start at 830 with their with their lessons and, and go until, um, you know, an hour and give them a break and bring them back. And uh, I, they get done pretty quickly. Um, and then we have P.E., you know, we'll play basketball out front or I put them through some workouts in my garage. I have a gym, so I'm able to I have a wrestling mat and I, I got a treadmill. I have a. a echelon bike so we, we got equipment to work out you, know, you just put that to use now i've been doing the exact same thing minus having a gym in my garage but man homeschooling is so much harder than i thought it would be i mean what's like the biggest challenge you've had and, and also on the flip side too like how amazing is it to kind of see that side of your kids that you usually don't mm-hmm. get to see with the studious stuff you know my kids go to a fantastic school and um they're so well trained when they're doing their, their their academics that it hasn't been very hard for my wife and I. But it, it, I think the most uh, surprising is, is is watching them do their work, right? I'm telling them to sit down, right? Because when I was a kid, like I had to sit to do my work. But at my kid's school, they allow them to stand. And, and so the kid's like, no, we're allowed to stand as long as we're <laughs> next to our desk and we're writing and everything. So. I thought that was that was very interesting to me because that was not an option for me when I was a kid. And I always felt like I had ants in my pants. Like I wanted to be up and moving and fidgeting. And my son is the same way. My daughter's the same way. So when they start to do their work and it gets a little long, they just get up and they stand right next to the desk and they still do their work. And the first time I'm like, sit down. And they're like, no, we are allowed to uh, stand as long as, you know, we don't we don't interrupt anybody. And I go, so if I go to your class, I'll see, because my son only has nine kids in his class. My daughter has like 16. I'm like, uh, I will see 16 kids standing. And Marquita was like, yeah, if everybody wants to stand at that time, we're allowed to do that. Interesting. So I, I want to go a little bit deeper on this because for people that know your personal backstory, and, and I don't want to get too heavy here, but you've dealt with profound loss of family members. You've dealt with serious disappointment in your career at times and and overcome so much so you know firsthand more than most people what it's like to handle adversity and the mindset that is required in uncertain times how do you deal with this situation when we're fighting an invisible foe you know, honestly, um, I feel like in everything that I've encountered, I think this is the most worrisome because of what you said. It's something you can't see daily, right? You can't gauge. I, it's hard for me to gauge the disappointment. Everything that had happened to me before, it was like right in my face, you know, when I lost my daughter and, and my father now and all the the, the, the the professional laws. It was like right in my face, right? I knew what I was dealing with. In this sense, I don't really know, and, and I don't think any of us do. And I think it's that uncertainty that makes it so difficult. You know, you try to um, just uh, hold, be very aware of your surroundings, take care of the ones that you can, which for me is the three, Selena, Daniel, and Marquita, and just constantly checking on my mom. I mean, I think that's, probably 
the scariest thing for me is making sure that my mom back in Louisiana is being protected from uh, contracting this thing that is, is, is so, so dangerous for the elderly. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's weird, man. And I gotta be honest, I've never watched, it's like uh, my father was talking to my business partner in the barbershop and he told me, he goes, turn off the news, right? Because he goes, he goes, it scares you. He's like, it's like you're watching the scariest movie of all time. And when you watch those, you usually turn it off. He goes, you're not doing that with the news. He goes, stop watching so much news, it's only scaring you, but I need to know, you know, but I thought that analogy was probably the most spot on thing that I've ever heard, you know. I start watching a, a horror movie, I turn it off, it gets too much. I can't turn off the news because I need to know. Well, since I do the news every day, in addition to the sports, I just just watch me, okay? If that's yeah. okay. <laughs> I mean, hey, bro, I'm telling you, we're watching, we watch some serious news. And honestly, you guys are our favorite. Like, my wife, she loves Channel 7. She loves the, the news team. She loves everything about uh, about the station. Uh, it's what we wake up to. Uh, we watch it at 4, watch it in the evening. You know, it's a great station. All right. I, that, we're going to make that into a promo. That'll be our that's commercial. That's for we'll sure. For that's, we're going to run that all the time. <laughs> I, I just want to follow up one thing on this because I, I'm dealing with it as a parent because my kids are a little bit older than yours, but when I, I hear the unsteadiness in their voices and almost to the point where I can tell that they're cracking and I'm not far away, how much kind of acting do you have to do to try to settle everybody else down, even though you yourself are feeling uneasy? You know, you gotta kind of, you gotta kind of try to put on, right? Like I'm, I'm very worried, but my kids are young, and 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 the beauty in having young kids, especially young kids that are a bit sheltered, they uh, they can kind of go on with their lives. And I think the craziest thing that my kids see us watching the news, and they'll ask, they they know what the coronavirus. And my daughter asks, she goes. So dad, if you get the coronavirus, do you die? Then we had to like kind of explain it to her a little bit without telling her everything. Sure. Um, and and it, I think after that, I don't know if it gave her a sense of, of, of relief, but she's kind of like not asked as much, you know? So that's a good thing that we were able to calm her a little bit in that, that way, but also tell her the truth. You know, I don't want to lie to her. You know, I don't want to tell her that if uh, you do catch this virus, that there is no chance of, of uh, death because of how old her grandmother is. You know, my mom's 76, and you know she is, is the, the type of person that if she contract, contract, contacts this thing, it can, it can really be uh, dire for her. You know, she's got asthma, she's got some health issues, and uh, she, we, we have to protect her uh, from this virus. Now, I know you have a large following. What would you tell your following? I know that, you know, UFC fans, they were still having events even fairly recently. So, like, what would your message be to the people about how to handle this? You know, you know, when this thing first happened, you know, we, we, we sort of looked at it like, okay, this is something, but we don't know exactly what it is. We will continue on uh, business as usual. I believe that now... Um, we're at a point where, where where we need to start protecting everyone, and um, it's you know you need to stay home. I mean, it's not it's not that bad. Stay as, stay home as much as you can, isolate yourselves, 
uh, let's stop the spread of this thing. You know, this is this is dangerous. I spoke to Dana White a couple days ago, and uh, he was just telling me, you, know, you need anything, just let me know. You are your family. But I also spoke to him the day that the event ran, and I told him thank you because what I wanted was normal. You know, I needed something to feel normal. And watching a fight on a Saturday felt normal. But now I understand that um, it, it, everybody is afraid. And now we all have to take a back seat and just try to deal with this thing before it becomes so big that we're playing catch up opposed to getting in front of it. Now, I know we'll try to get to some fun stuff, too, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, your wrestling team, I believe, didn't CIF just happen very recently. So have you been in contact yeah. with them through this? Like, as an educator, as a leader of men, like, what kind of things are you talking about with those guys? You know, I talk to my kids uh, all the time. I did something the other day that I, I, I vowed to never do again. I asked them to play online gaming with me, and it yeah. was the most insane experience I've ever had. They're so stupid. The kids, like, <laughs> the, the, every, all I do is hear them yelling, where, where, where's everybody at? Where's everybody at? I'm like, I told us we're supposed to meet somewhere, guys. Like in real life, meet somewhere so that we can go start the mission, but nobody goes to that place. And then all of a sudden, the headphones are <laughs> here. Where you guys at? Where you guys at? I'm like, I told you exactly where we are. So it's like, that showed me a side of those kids that I realized, okay, I don't want. They had convinced me at the CCS tournament that I would love to play online gaming with them. That is not true unless we're playing sports. But I just tell them to, to, to be active, um, you know, jump on the treadmill. Most of them have them. Um, just work out as much as you can. But take a break. I mean, we are at Gilroy High School. We take this wrestling so serious that even as this, uh, we're in this situation now with this quarantine and everything, stay at home, uh, shelter, uh, it's good for these boys to get away from this thing because it, it is, I mean, it's everything. We don't stop. We wrestle all year. And uh, sometimes you need to take a step back. And the state tournament was okay. I mean, we ended up seventh, but um, we were down the ball. 40 to 50 points between Victor Jacinto and Jaden Gomez, both guys that were ranked top four in the state uh, out due to injury. So um, we're only five points out of fifth place with without two of our best wrestlers. So uh, we had a good tournament. My kids maxed out the points that we could we could have scored. And I was very proud of them. Now, I, have to know, I know Larry has a question, but real quick, what game was this? Was this like Call of Duty? What were you guys playing? No. It was Grand Theft Auto, and it was awful. I'm okay. Like, this, this Grand Theft Auto, hey, this Grand Theft Auto, they have this online gaming that they have created has allowed for this game to still be viable eight years since it was made. This game was made in, like, 2013. Mm. But because of the online gaming, they just keep adding things, adding heists, adding little uh, team opportunities that you just go on there and, and you continue to play it. It's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. It's, it's now to the point that you could start businesses and um, have essentially a whole a whole criminal enterprise underneath it. It's, it's, it's unbelievable, but I'm awful at it. Every time I go outside of my office building, I get killed, and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, Casey and I may start our own criminal enterprise. Uh, we're not sure if we're going to be online or offline, but uh, we'll see how this you goes. You can play it with me so I can play with some people that would actually go where we're supposed to go and meet each other. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. do it. We're going to be following instructions. Uh, so let, let's just have some fun because so, you know, we, we cover a lot of heavy stuff here. Uh, what I, I should say also, I think it's really cool that uh, a star 
of your magnitude, of your celebrity status in your sport is still working with kids? Because you could just be insulated in your own world and go, you know, I'm doing my thing. And But to give back to the community, I think, especially Gilroy's been through a lot in the past year, I, I think that's awesome. Now I want to ask you a, a technical wrestling question. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So, um, in a rear naked chokehold, nobody's naked. Why? <laughs> why is it called a rear naked chokehold? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's technical stuff. Why want to get deep into the sport? The sport here. <laughs> you know, I uh, I'm going to tell you something here right now that I I'm very embarrassed about is I don't know. I don't know why they added naked. Why not just be a rear choke? You're <laughs> choking him. You're behind him. Well, no, like Greco-Roman, right? Him. Wasn't it like... It seemed to be a rear choke. Wasn't it back in the day, like uh, the Roman days, were they naked? No, they, they no, weren't. No, no, no. <laughs> I think they wore something over their junk. I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> uh, oh, this is really it's deteriorating quickly. rapidly this here. Tells wow. you about our mental state. Oh, before. my God. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, well... I think it has something to do with you could choke a guy with a gi if he was wearing. Oh, that's it. what it is. I think that's. That, but no, nope. you knew the yeah, answer. You're the choking time. him with the arm, and you're not using the gi. So I guess that's what brings. Uh, that's why they called it that. All right. Well, I'm really I glad. I'm really glad we got that settled. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, the sport of mixed martial arts. I always say this about about MMA and about boxing. Man, it's really tough when you have to make a living getting hit in the face. And yeah. now I and you've been doing this for a long time. What drew you to the sport initially? I know you were when you were growing up you were wrestling, but this is a whole different type of dealer cuz you could be the best jiu-jitsu guy on the planet, but you know like Mike Tyson said, everybody got a plan until they get punched in the face. Absolutely. You know, um I had friends that had started doing it and they told me that it it, it would be this new avenue to uh, live a life that we wrestlers never thought imaginable and you know man I, I i walked in there i watched it for years and i walked in there and and came Velasquez broke my nose about two months into my training and i was like boy this may not be for me but i went back right and and i went back and i went back and just i, I just the more i did it the more i fell in love with the idea of pitting myself against another man that was trying to take me out and it was like nothing excited me more and i just kept going back and I love it. I love the sport. Well, you mentioned wrestling. Now I'm, I know, I'm a big wrestling fan. Exactly I'm already locked go. and loaded on it. But I mean, you mentioned Kane. You've got Brock over there. I know that, you know, my, my good friend actually launched and produces that, that WWE backstage show. So like, what is your kind of uh, interest and desire and in maybe following Kane down that road eventually? Who's your friend that does the backstage show? His name is Brad Weimer. Did you work with him at all? You know, I almost, I, he's at Fox, so yeah, I yeah. almost did, I almost did uh, the WWE backstage, I met with the guys mm -hmm. six months before uh, the show launched, and I was going to be one of the hosts because I am a massive WWE mm -hmm. fan, uh, but because I had just left Fox while working there, UFC Tonight and all the fights for six years, and now working at ESPN, it was such a weird thing, right? Because for a while, I was a Fox guy. I was a guy that works that worked at Fox on air every single week for four or five years. Now I'm supposed to be that guy at ESPN, right? I'm yeah, the guy yeah. that does detail. 
all these shows to go back and be on Fox again every week would be a little bit hard for them to 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 look uh, to look away from that connection. And uh, it was just tough, but it was a, it was a it was a big myth. Not not miss. It was a big. Uh, it was one that I really do uh, hate not having. But listen, look at my Instagram right now from today. If you can't hear me, all right, I'm gonna pull it out. Look at my Instagram. Look at the video I posted this morning in regards to. Uh, it will remind you of WWE. Look at it. You remember those vignettes? Working on it. Working on it. Yeah, we're a little slow pulling this stuff up here, but we're we're getting there. All right, got you. But yeah, it's been a. Oh, this this is Mr. Perfect here. You see this? Yeah, that's Mr. Perfect style, right? Whoa! Yes, it is. <laughs> that's that's classic, man. I, I I have to this day, whenever I'm done chewing gum, I spit it out and smack it, just like Mr. Perfect I'm, always did. I told I told him that on March 20th, a perfect athlete was born, and then they did the old Mr. Perfect. Oh, that's did great, you remember man. the vignette Mr. Perfect did back in the day? He kicked the football. Yeah. He threw the football. He played basketball. He hit a baseball. He was absolutely perfect. But I told him that, you know, on this day, a perfect athlete was born. I don't know how deep your, your wrestling in, uh, knowledge goes, but, like, Bruce Pritchard, do you know who that is? The guy that's, like, Vince McMahon's right here? He's the guy that produced he's all those vignettes. For a while. Yeah, he produced those vignettes, and he told this story one day on a podcast that had me rolling that, like, that Mr. Perfect just just effed up all the time it took so many takes and it was like it's just so funny how imperfect he really was but those vignettes were oh, just, just legendary so i mean like what about like seeing kane get in there and and i mean on the flip side brock wasn't he kind of mixing it up with you in the ufc before he finally yeah. went back to wwe so i mean like you guys have been really close to crossing paths right yeah i've uh I've known those guys forever too. I, I met Brock way back in 1998, you know. So I've known the I've known him for a long time. He's always great when we go to the WWE. Um, he, you know, I mean, I would love to do something with those guys in some uh, form or fashion. I'm just not exactly sure what that's going to be right now. You know, I think uh, when I retire after my last fight with uh, Miocic, it will uh, it will. Um, allow me to have a better idea and clear direction of what I'm going to do. You know, I said this show launched last year, right, in 2019. I think the UFC started on ESPN in 2019. Mm -hmm. If I retire now, 2020, now we're two years removed from me being on Fox every week. Now you start to think, okay, this is the guy from ESPN. Now I start popping up on Fox doing shows here and there. That's a lot more acceptable uh, for ESPN, I believe, uh, yeah. than it was back then. So, um, you know, everything's still on the table. We just got to see uh, uh, how everything shakes out. So, I, w I was curious, like, are you set? It's one more fight and then you're retired and that's that's the deal? There's no, you know, because in, in boxing, you know, guys, they're retired mm -hmm. until they're unretired. <laughs> yeah. Always one more fight. There's always one more, oh, I got one more payday. You know, I'm going to be done. You know, I, I think that I wanted to be done before when I was 40 years old, but then I had a back surgery um, that made me fight later than I wanted to. I wanted to fight March 3rd before my 40th birthday and walk away as the champion. Mm -hmm. I had back surgery, so I waited to August. 
lost that fight, and now it's like, well, you got this trilogy with Miocic, you guys have to complete it. Right. I want to complete it. You know, it, it makes all the sense in the world. He's not a young guy. He's about to be 38 or so himself, you know, so it's like, it's not like I'm fighting some 28-year-old kid. You know, I'm fighting a 38-year-old man, and I'm 41, right? So we're going to just mix it up, scrap it up, and, and then I'm going to head back to, uh, do, look, I've got a lot of things outside of the octagon, as we said at the beginning of this thing, that I can focus on, and I believe that the opportunities will only get bigger uh, once I'm fully retired from the sport. So if you were to, to go the wrestling route, would you be a heel or are you a baby face or what, what are you going to be? What would you? Look, my career has, has, has done this weird thing, right? Where when I first started, I was the Olympian. Everybody loved me. And then I got into this weird rivalry with Jones where everybody booed me. And then I steered into it, right? I was like, at first I was fighting him. I was like, Please, what is going on? Why would you guys boo me? I didn't do this. I didn't do that. So they booed louder. And then I steered into the booze. I started making them boo me. And so he decided to cheer me. It's the weirdest thing in the world. It's like, <laughs> I, I started to love the booze. I said to him one time, one time, I was in an octagon at an interview. I said, uh, they were booing me in Buffalo. I mean, they were booing me in Buffalo. Rumble Johnson had just retired. I, 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 I like mocked me and said the same thing he did. And then they started, boo. I said, it's fine, Joe Rogan, boo me. I'm getting money and collecting championship belts. And they started booing even louder. <laughs> and I was like, this is awesome. It was like the best, it was the best thing ever. It was, it was, it was awesome. And then uh, I fought Jones again and he beat me, right? And then he tested positive for steroids again. And everybody said, wait, maybe this dude ain't so bad. So then they started cheering again. It's been the craziest, like, it's been the craziest thing. But I do know now. Because I've been on both sides, I want to be the bad guy. Yeah. I want you to boo me when I go to the ring because it's always funner trying to piss people off. Nice. What nice. was your What was your favorite favorite fight of all time? Who's Who's the opponent that you enjoyed fighting or hitting the most? And I enjoyed them. I enjoyed a lot of them. I enjoyed the Jones rivalry. I enjoyed the Ochis rivalry. I just enjoy getting pushed to the highest level. People go, "Oh, well, you lost to him," but that's okay because. All the other guys you beat, you just beat them. And, and uh, obviously, I don't want to lose the fight, but it's like it, it makes me train better. It makes me more prepared mentally. It just really brings the best out of me. But, yeah, man, I love the Jones fights. I, I felt like I was never more prepared. I love the Miocic fights. I feel like the first fight, I was, I was never better and more ready to make history um, the second fight, I was, you know, I was a little banged up. You know, my back. I had surgery. I was a little banged up. No excuses. But I, I just love that he made the adjustment, right? From me pounding him for almost three rounds to him making the adjustment and winning the fight. Those are the types of things that get my blood boiling um, as a competitor. Now, any era, any fighter, any sport or format, what would like your dream match be? It could be in the wrestling ring. It could be in the UFC octagon. Like, who would you like to, to go with? You know, in fighting, I'd love to fight a Chuck Liddell, a guy that just changed the game, um, even though it was back in the day. But for me, I'd like to play a one-on-one -on -one basketball game with Michael Jordan. Nice. That's testing yourself at the ultimate level. <laughs> yeah. And if Jordan beats me 21-0, okay, I played Michael Jordan. <laughs> I played Michael Jordan. He'll beat you. And you know what the thing about Jordan is? You can, Jordan's that guy, right? Jordan was that guy that even though you're a fan, and you're out there for the experience, 
he would put his foot on your throat and just step on it. Yeah. And I like I like champions like that. I like champions who are willing to go and compete to the highest level every time. So yeah, I want to play Jordan in a one-on-one basketball game at 5'11", while he's 6'6", and he's blocking all my shots, and he's shooting threes, and he's dunking, and I'm following him, and we're jawing at each other, and it's just, that's what I, those types of things are the things that kind of like gets me excited. Yeah, you know, I, I had a, a similar experience like that. It wasn't with a Jordan level, but after I got dunked on like two or three times, I was like, yeah, this was not a great idea. Uh, <laughs> this was a college kid. And, uh, but I, I, down the same road, you're, you, no matter what list that, that we look at, you're regarded as you know, one of the best of all time. And so I wanted to just ask you, excluding yourself, one fight, if you could pick anybody in the octagon, who would you want to see? Like if you had to put uh, the Cormier family fortune on that, you know, you could have Liddell, you could have George St. Pierre or BJ Penn or Anderson Silva in his prime or Fedor or Couture. Give me one name. I think all those dream fights, but I think we all wanted it when Anderson was in his prime and St. Pierre was in their prime. Man, imagine if we could have got those two to fight back then. They were one way class apart, so it seemed like it should be doable. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the one. I think that's the one we missed. Oh. Or uh, when Fedor was the man and, and Cain Velasquez was healthy. Mm. And Cain Velasquez was like on that tear where nobody looked like they could stay, uh, they could complete two rounds with him. That's that's the, those types of fights. Velasquez, Fedor, and St. Pierre versus Anderson. Those are the two that I would have like died to see. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Um, I'm so glad we've finally had the opportunity to get you. We'll look for you on TV more. I hope when we get past all this, we can we can actually sit down in the same room and uh, and do something. And uh, like, don't be afraid. I mean, there's no reason. There's no reason. I mean, there's no reason. I'm 185. I mean, come on, come on. Hey, let me just let me just say this. You're you're only you're only a you're only a couple of years older than me. So you're you're you you can, if I can still do it, you can still do it. And I'm telling you, you look dangerous. You look like a dangerous man. You with your, you know, your explosive, you're the type of guy that you do not want to be locked in an eight-sided team. <laughs> that, All right, we'll I, have to end on that. Yeah, that. You're we're amazing. This, I'm putting this up. I'm going to run this 100,000 times. <laughs> Daniel, man, happy birthday. I'm so sorry you have to spend it with us clowns. Thank you so much for coming on. You're the we best. love you. Thank you guys. We love you. I hope to see you in person All right. soon. All right, take yeah, care. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having All me. Right. I appreciate it. With authority.